welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Mike Retcher, the diving coach for Bowling Green State University and the head coach for Napoleon Diving Club. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Obviously, video replay is incredibly important in diving. So Poolside Live has mastered that. Again, I'm still uh, enjoying this clipping feature. I posted on my personal Facebook just a couple of um, highlights from the season and all the videos had that tag of the Sideline Scout in it and then you know i was getting comments about how clear the video was and how awesome some of the dives were so kudos to those divers there but make sure you get over to sidelinescout.com check out at a minimum their poolside live package or you can choose to upgrade to get the sideline scout box that's what heath uses out at clarion and countless others across the country awesome so jumping in here mike um just kind of take us through your diving journey where you started and then how you got and maybe how involved you are right now uh, in the sport of diving yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Heath and Aaron, both for having me. This was an incredible honor. Um, so my diving journey is a bit of a humble one. Um, I didn't start diving until I was a freshman in high school, and it was because a, a friend of mine at the time liked a girl, and he said, hey, I'm going to join diving because I like this girl. Her name was Jessica, and they made it about three weeks, and both of them quit, <laughs> and um, I stayed on. Um, so <laughs> After after that, I was not good um, my freshman year as a diver. I, I had a, a woman who really did her best, but wasn't very knowledgeable about the sport, coaching me my first two years, but I, I tried hard and I loved it. Um, my junior and senior year of high school, I was so lucky to be coached by Kristen Shepard, who was a diver for Napoleon High School, where I graduated from, and then she dove for Bowling Green State University as well. Um, and she's the one who really helped me both find a passion for diving and helped me grow. So I was, I made it to the, the state meet, um, my senior year and did pretty well there. And, you know, to me at the time as a high school diver, I had no idea that the world of diving was any bigger than your high school season or your high school meet. I didn't know that AAU diving exists or USA diving. I didn't know any of that. Um, but she helped me kind of get to the state meet. Um, I wasn't able to go on to dive in college. I was, um, unfortunately, I got sick and diagnosed with cancer right um, as I was graduating oh. school. And that kind of, you know, changed life a little bit and what I was going to do. So I was going to a local community college, you know, while I was working on my health. And then um, actually was a water polo player in high school as well. And the water polo coaches at the time said, hey, we need some extra help. Why don't you come help us? And then at the end of the water polo season in the fall, Kristen Shepard again said, hey, Mike, um, I need your help. So, so come help. And I was like, great. I had started Napoleon Diving Club when I was a junior in high school um, with the help of Kristen because, um, at, again, at the time, I wanted to be a better high school diver. And so to do that, I knew I needed to dive in the fall and in the spring and in the summer months. So I created that as a way for other high school divers to just come and get better. Um, so after that, I, I started coaching and then I started working more for the school for Napoleon High School. I became the assistant athletic director and I was the prom advisor and I held all these other supplemental contracts. And pretty soon before I knew it, I was um, running a lot of athletic events um, with my AD and I was growing um, in the sport of diving. We, our team got bigger. We were sending more and more athletes to state. And then, you know, after three or four years, I, I found out that the world of diving outside of high school exists and it's, and it's a big one. Um, and so I started looking for opportunities to, you know, how to grow myself as a coach. Um, I've always stopped and said, I was never fortunate enough to have any of what we consider the greats in our sport, um, in our area, or to be trained by them. You know, I feel like everybody I listen to or talk to has a story about how they were trained by, you know, Ron O'Brien, by Hobie, by any of these other incredible people within our sport. And I stop and think like, man, I would have given anything to have that. And then I look back now and I can confidently say that I was, I was trained by some great coaches in our Midwest region, um, Jen White and Phil Kester and Mark Cahallan, you know, were all people oh, that, you know, were huge influences me, but anyway, I got a little off topic there. So, um, let's see, I'm about three or four years into coaching and I'm young and I'm ambitious and I want more, um, and so I start finding opportunities to grow our club and to compete in meets. And I find the red, white, and blue circuit for the AAU. And um, I remember my first club meet outside of really, you know, the high school season was uh, the white North qualifier at Purdue University. And um, I remember going to that meet and sitting next to all of these people in these chairs and they were coaching and I had no idea who any of them were. And I just got done reading David Bodaya's book, Greater Than Gold. Um, and it's a great book. I highly recommend if you haven't read it. 
And um, all of a sudden I'm coaching one of my divers and I look down and I see this gentleman sitting there with an Olympic ring on and I'm like, oh, well, he is important. And all of a sudden I got like choked up and couldn't talk any. And I, I was like thinking about every word that I said, but I didn't really know who he was. And there was another coach sitting beside me who I didn't know. And I said, hey, who is that? And they go, hey, it's John Wingfield. And I <laughs> see, I absolutely scooted forward out of my seat, walked away. And I said, no, I, I can't coach next to him. He's John Wingfield. <laughs> Olympic coach. He's done all these amazing things and never have I felt so small in my life. So, um, you know, that was that meet experience, you know, you go on, I start going to more club meets. I had some divers qualify for the red, white, and blue nationals meet. Um, and, and I started getting a lot more experience really quickly in these, you know, bigger meets and, um, every coach, what I found, isn't this, you know, big, scary person. Um, they're, they're people and you guys know how great our diving community is because, um, when you ask questions, they're willing to help you. And, and I've been now on the pool deck many a times with John and at a few um, clinics and camps he's actually hosted. And I've told him that story a few times and, and he just laughs at me <laughs> and it's, and it's funny. But anyway, um, so then I believe it was in 2019, I got the opportunity from Joelle and Kathy, who at the time were organizers of the of the AAU diving circuit, um, to host my first White North AAU meet um, here at Bowling Green. This was long before I ever thought I'd be a college coach. Um, and that really helped me make a lot of great connections in the diving community. Um, not too long after that, I um, got nominated to be the president of the Ohio Diving League, which is an Ohio-based club league. Um, and I was very honored to, to be doing that. And then um, 2020, I got selected again to host um, a White North qualifier meet. Um, and it was March 13th through the 15th, which if any of you remembers that, that was the year that, that COVID shut the world down. So was unfortunately not able to host that, but, um, you know, fast forward kind of through COVID and um, really, I guess, I think it was 2021, then I got asked to host the um, White North meet again. So I did. And then um, kind of, this is where my diving career, I guess, in, in my mind really takes off. I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of divers compete at the state meet at the national level and do very well. Um, I, I've been very fortunate to have some talented athletes. Uh, but my exposure to the sport and my growth, I think, has all come in the last two years when um, I got asked by the then Bowling Green State University coach, Trisha Grant, to help her run the MAC Championships, um, which is the Mid-American Conference, um, which is our conference here at Bowling Green. And that was an incredible experience to get to work with and, and be a part of a, a meet really that big. And then right around the same time, um, Red, White, and AAU announced that the Red, White, and Blue Nationals meet was going to be in Morgantown, West Virginia. And Carla Helder, who's the West Virginia coach, um, had just gotten there not too long before that, was working on starting a club and called and said, hey, Mike, do you want to come run this meet? And I think I was speechless for a while, but eventually I said I would be honored to. So I had the opportunity to go down and run the Red, White, and Blue um, Nationals meet um, with Joelle and Kathy and Joe Cherico and Louis Fellinger and Charlie Collins, this really great support staff um, in this, these, you know, incredible excuse me, diving coaches. Um, and, you know, I took my club down, all of our parents, and and we really had a lot of fun doing it and um, were able to put on a pretty big event, um, what I think was very successful for the athletes. Um, the AAU then offered me a position as their national events coordinator um, right after that, because their goal was to bring some consistency to all of their national level events. And that, again, was like an honor beyond anything I can I can tell you. I thought, OK, man, I just hosted a national level meet. That's it. You know, I'm not going to do anything more. You know, this is the as good as it gets. And to be offered that position by the AAU has been an incredible experience. Um then um, I was down in Texas helping um, and assisting running the summer nationals meet um, at Northside Aquatic Center and Cliff DeVries, Cliff DeVries mm -hmm. approached me and um, had an opportunity with the Professional Diving Coaches Association. We're really trying to grow that. And he um, offered me a um, you know, a chance to be a part of that and ended up being um, selected to be the vice president of membership for the, the PDCA, which again was an incredible honor and a, and a fantastic opportunity to bring some education um, consistency to the coaches um, within our sport. And now we kind of fast forward to the end of the summer. I um, 
got a call from Trisha Grant, who who left uh, Bowling Green State University to coach at um, the University of Illinois and um, started the interview process here at BGSU and was selected. And so now I, I sit as the diving coach at Bowling Green State University and I get to run my club, um, Napoleon Diving Club, both out of Napoleon High School, where I have um, worked hard over the last 12 years to really build up that facility. I think we put almost $100,000 just in that facility alone through donations and um, fundraising where we put in a, a three meter board. Um, we've got two one meters, a three meter um, water belts. Um, I engineered and made a, a bubble system, which is this incredible thing. We have a hot tub, um, you know, just this cool training um, facility that Napoleon is so gracious to let us have. And then, of course, the resources here at Bowling Green. Um, and so now I'm just living my dream, coaching, diving. Um, the other part of my life has always been in logistics and event management through being an assistant athletic director. I did a short stint in there as a director of operations for a multi-site wedding venue. Um, so I was a professional <laughs> wedding planner um, for a hot second along with the diving coach. Um, but yeah, so so here we are. Um, and then, you know, kind of at the end of the summer, I was also selected to be the meet director for the USA Winter Nationals meet. Again, held at Morgantown, working with their staff again. So I'm living my dream. <laughs> That's awesome. There's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, right at the beginning, you mentioned your health and your cancer diagnosis. I'm curious what kind of update you have on that and what's that been like? Yeah, uh, thanks. So I'm very thankful to say I'm I'm all healthy, 100%. I've been in uh, full remission since 2014. I was diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma, which is a, a form of tissue cancer. Um, and I was at uh, my, my home hospital was uh, Mott's Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor. And I can't say enough good things um, about them. And, you know, that was a pretty difficult time in my life, but I am so thankful for it because without that, I, at the time, wanted to maybe dive in college, but I wanted to be a nurse, I thought, and that was going to be it. Who knows what that path would have looked like, but uh, because of that, that's how I found coaching. You know, I was given this opportunity by by Kristen um, to jump on and into the diving world, and, and I cannot imagine what it would be like if I if that wouldn't have happened. Maybe so now, would be healthy. Cool. Good so, uh, I have a follow-up question that is not nearly as important. <laughs> if you're from Ann Arbor, do you like Michigan? So here's the deal. I'm actually from West Ohio, a little south of Toledo. So about an hour and 10 minutes from Ann Arbor. And I'm an Ohio State fan. All right. We can, All right. We can continue this interview then. <laughs> I was just at a Buckeye game about two weekends ago. So yeah. We're going to have uh, all the Michigan fans after us, man. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. That's just really cool. My it kind of hits home. My sister was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma just recently, and she just rang the bell last week for being in remission. And what they're saying is cured. Obviously, there's follow ups, and and for the next five years, she's monitored. But it's cool to hear um, the cancer success stories. You know, so many times you you hear the the negatives of about it, and you know, I was interested to hear how that was obviously going because you're still around and you're still doing really big things, and that's that's just awesome. It's really cool. So. Um, next one question on my list here is where are you at with the club season, the college season? How are things going so far being that you're, you're kind of new to that college game? Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, really quickly in the club season, we're just starting the Ohio Diving League circuit. Um, those meets run from uh, November until May. Um, and, and I'm really excited for that. That's a great opportunity for the divers in the state of Ohio and kind of this region to participate in developmental diving. Um, so my divers, I'm kind of training them for that. And then the upcoming AAU and USA seasons this spring. Um, in the college realm, yeah, this NCAA stuff is way different. Obviously, I don't have the opportunity to be a collegiate diver. I'd attended a couple um, conference championships just in, you know, the area. I tried to study the sport, but um, it is way different. Um, you know, going from a high school season where you're training 11 dives, um, you know, and even, then going to the NCAA Division One level, where you're training six optionals on both one meter and three meter, and you know balancing um, how do you train one meter and three meter effectively with you know our conferences dabbling with tower now, so there's a little bit of that in there. Um, so the transition process has been a huge learning curve. I've had some great support staff of other coaches in our conference. Um, 
and I've fallen back on a lot of what's made me successful as a high school and a club coach to kind of help. Um, but I, I really enjoy how dedicated these college athletes are. I mean, this is what they want to do. And that's been the biggest change, I think, um, more than anything is, is I'm working with athletes every day who want to be at practice. They want to soak up every ounce, every minute of, of the time that they have here. And, and that's been really, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, so as you've made this transition, just to follow up to college, you know, what has been the most challenging part? Is it, it doesn't seem like it would be the logistics. Has it been the recruiting? Has it been the admin work? Like what has been the newest challenge that you've had to kind of pick up on a fast track really? I, I definitely think the recruiting. Um, I've been lucky enough to send a lot of athletes off, um, you know, co-coaching with with Kristen into the, you know, Division One, Two, and Three level um, with our club and, and high school athletes. But that's a completely different beast, you know, <laughs> helping athletes connect with college coaches from actually sifting through athletes. And the hardest thing I've had to do is say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could have a team of seventy divers, <laughs> but. Um, you know, saying no and trying to, you know, help a diver understand that maybe our university isn't the right fit for them. Maybe academically, maybe they do want to dive here, but academically it might not be the best fit or, or even, you know, I'm so fortunate that I have such a talented team of divers right now that finding divers that really can rise to that skill level early on is, is huge. Um, so I have a really hard time with recruiting because I get to know the athletes through the process, through the conversations, and then, you know, to try to tell an athlete that maybe this isn't the best fit for them. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I commend you because I, you know, you've been doing this college coaching thing for a little less than me and I am still really bad at that. So maybe I need to reevaluate that, but yeah, I agree. I think that is such a challenge. Um, you know, kind of staying on the topic of coaching, you know, describe your coaching style and kind of what makes your team so special, the college and the club team right now. Yeah. So my coaching style, um, I would like to, I guess, kind of define it as I try to be as supportive as possible. Um, I was very lucky as, as a young diver to have some really supportive coaches and have some mentors, not even as diving coaches, but as swim coaches and coaches in general to really understand how big of a detriment it can be if if a coach is screaming at an athlete all the time, uh, if they're just talking down to them. And I really have tried to learn from my... Uh, from me being around all of these other coaches, all of these other sports, all of those years, and then try to embody this and, and create more than anything, this environment that helps divers feel comfortable in the pool, um, helps them feel supportive, um, helps them get through their fears, not just, you know, talk down to them. I try to be as flexible as possible. Um, I've, you know, our team hired a mental fitness coach, both at the club level and now the university level. And she's really helped taught me that, you know, sometimes you can't be at hundred percent every single day. And sometimes we just have to realize that and say, okay, well, what can I give today? You know, what's within that? So I might, you know, I, I create these practice plans every day, almost down to the minute. And sometimes I, you know, the divers get there and they're bogged down with exams, you know, whatever the case might be. And they, they just need me to pull back a little bit. So I try to listen to them. I try to hear them. I try to make every little piece of feedback, a little bit of a conversation. I want to know how the diver felt because we can give them feedback all day, but if they don't understand how they're feeling or have awareness or recognition of, you know, kind of what they're doing, um, you know, that that's tough. I, the sideline scout ad at the beginning. I love that because I have been a huge supporter of them since I started. I'm so excited. We just got our system delivered here at the university. And um, I, I love having that video feedback to them. Um, they love having the video feedback. So, you know, talking about my coaching style, supportive, flexible, and that's almost my downfall as a coach, because, you know, the feedback yeah. I get sometimes from my divers is, um, sometimes I need to push them harder because they know if they don't do a dive, if they're not feeling something, I'm totally okay with it. But then on the other side of that, you know, that means that um, maybe I'm not pushing them as hard as I could. And and so I'm still working on finding that balance for sure. Yeah, that I think uh, I struggle with that same balance. So it's fun to listen to you uh, talk about that. But what about diving gives you the most joy? What's the one thing about this sport that you could say, yep, this does it, this is it watching that moment um, when a diver believes in themselves and gets the skill or gets the dive, you know, maybe they have tried it a thousand times. I've had kids who couldn't do a reverse for a year. Uh, It doesn't matter if they were in belts, if they were on the trampoline, and then all of a sudden you, you get it, it clicks and they do it for the first time. And I think I usually leap, you know, five feet off the pool deck. Um, (laughs) 
But, it, you know, it could be something as simple as a front flip. Uh, the first time they do a reverse, we know how big a challenge that usually is, um, all the way to they make finally the correction that they were looking to make on 305 or on 205 or, you know, finally something clicks and the smile they have when they come out of the water or, oh my gosh, that was it. You know, that that's probably my favorite part, favorite part, you know, but more than that, I think all of us know that diving um, really teaches us courage. Um, and, and it's such a mentally tough sport in, in so many ways that watching athletes overcome that, I don't know. There's no price um, you can put to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's home run. Um, you know, now we're kind of looking at this as a, like coaches as a whole, what mm -hmm. areas do you think we as coaches can do a better job of for our athletes? I think one educating ourselves um, because nobody has all the answers and, and where we talked about a little bit, my beginning, um, I tried to absorb as much as I could on any pool deck that I was at. And there were some coaches that were super willing to share information and other coaches that were like, no, get away from me. You know, this is, you know, this is me, go do your own thing. Um, and I think as we continue to grow as a community, supporting each other is something we can do a little bit better of all the way from the top down. Um, I think we, as a country, as an organization, you know, as a sport are only going to get better if we spread our knowledge to each other, right? If we share ideas um, and, and maybe it's just because I'm too new and too green, I feel like into the world, but there are some incredible coaches out there who are constantly posting their drill videos on social media and mm -hmm. posting the products. And um, I envision myself as a little bit of a MacGyver with the things I've created and, and built to try to help our divers. And I will share them with anybody at any time, you know, the plans, the bubbler system I built, the platforms, um, you know, John Lynch with what he's doing with the, the mats, yeah. you know, yeah, I've yeah. That huge. I have tons of mats now of, of air tracks that I'm using, you know, you know, just based on stuff from him. So I, I think what we can do better of as coaches is helping each other out. That I think is the most important thing. That's how we do. Yeah. Yep. I, Absolutely. Yep. Totally. Totally. I get that. Um, <clears throat> what are some of the goals that you have for your club and your college, as well as your athletes? Yeah, great. So at the club level, I want to grow, you know, all of us want to have that club of 200 athletes. Um, now that I've got these two great facilities, I want to really work on growing, um, not, you know, for myself, it, it's not anything to do with Napoleon Diving Club being, you know, the biggest club. It's, it's just, I have such a passion for the sport and I know what it does for, for people. Even if you don't pursue diving in college, um, I've been so blessed, um, Kristen and I both to, you know, get wedding invitations from divers and, you know, them to stop by the pool and catch up with us. And I just want to share this with as many people as possible and use diving as a way to help, you know, people find the, their strength, their courage, their, their mental toughness. Um, so in the club aspect, yeah, I, I want to keep growing for that reason. Um, in the college realm, I'm working as hard hard as I can to build a culture and to really build up a belief system that these divers can do anything that they put their minds to that, mm -hmm. you know, they really can, can shatter any dreams that they had simply by believing in themselves. And so really my goal for this, my first season as a college coach is to help these divers grow beyond what they even thought they could. We uh, made a goal wall on the back wall of the pool, right um, beside our three meter boards. And so every day we look at that, not just the goals that we have, but we put action items to that I need to do this today. If I want to get, you know, if I want to get this skill, if I want to get sixes on this dive, you know, I need to do these things. And so I'm working really hard to try to change the the culture and the belief system here to help them realize their potential. Very good. That's awesome. So now we're going to kind of transition to what it is like to run these major meets. So we're going to kind of just jump uh, straight to this upcoming winter national meet. You know, you touched on it a little bit in terms of how you got this role and um, just kind of walk us through what that process looks like for you. Um, I, I know this is a pretty common saying, but it truly takes an army or a village to run these meets. If you've never ran one, if you've just shown up on the pool deck and been here for one, you might not understand the amount of volunteers that it takes, the collaboration it takes. I mean, there are some perfect harmonies working together of people, um, everything from just the, the admissions people and the volunteer coordinators helping, um, you know, once you get into the facility, where do you go? How do you get there? Um, all the way through the lifeguards and the facility management staff, security, and, you know, making sure 
sure that it's safe and there's EMS and all the emergency personnel on, then diving is a pretty specialized sport with a lot of a specialized computer equipment, regardless of the software that you're running, you have to have a knowledge of the sport and a knowledge of that software. So then finding people that can announce appropriately the, the right way in the right time, run the computer system, um, try to head off any issues or keep the meat going if a computer crashes, because, you know, all of these programs do everything they can, but sometimes there are bugs or sometimes, you know, things crash. And so um, running these huge meets is all about trying to make it look like everything is going great from the outside and putting out as many fires as you can during. Um, yeah. <laughs> you you kind of already led into my next question is what are some of the challenges of running a big event like this? Uh, anything else you need to add there? Well, I, I think making sure to focus on the athletes themselves while at the same time creating this great experience for the fans, um, you know, having both an athlete driven experience and a fan um, driven experience is tough, right? You want to take care of the parents and the people who are footing the bill to get in there, give them a great viewing, um, you know, time, make sure that they're well taken care care of, that they have the food and the concessions they need, and the pool's not too hot in the spectator area, making sure the pool deck's warm enough for the divers, that they have everything they need, the environment set for them. I think probably the biggest challenge is when things go wrong, always having the people in place to fix them. You know, I tried to set up every meet to run without me being there. And I've been so lucky to be able to do that because I've had some great parents, both within my club organization. I've had some great um, kind of assistants that have been divers that have grown up, you know, into the kind of the college room or college divers that have helped out. So putting the right people in place to handle these types of things, to train them, to have them ready. Um, that's probably the most important thing you can do. But if you don't have that, that can be your biggest challenge. One person cannot put on a, a show like that. It truly takes a team of people and almost specialists in all these different areas um, to make sure that, you know, that everybody does a little piece of their job and, and then it works. Yep. That's awesome. So now the big question, what mm -hmm. are you most excited for about this meet? As an event coordinator, um, I'm excited for the opportunity to really um, showcase what we can do. And I say we as, as a facility, we as me as an event administrator, um, what all of our volunteers can do at the national level. I think we are going to set a benchmark for national level events, regardless of the organization, much higher than anything that's been done before. So I'm excited for that. Um, and I can't wait for everybody that's going to get to see it as a coach the chance to be on the pool deck with just about anybody who's going to be there is incredible. Um, sometimes I have to go into a room and settle myself down a little bit because I'm like, Hey, I just walked past that. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, I'm excited to, to just learn from everybody on the pool deck to watch. Sometimes I get so invested into these meets and I kind of forget what's going on right in front of me. And I'm excited just to be able to be, a, a fan of the sport on the pool deck with these incredible athletes. Um, yeah, it's hard to put that into words. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we announced on the podcast, I don't know if it was last week or maybe a couple weeks ago that we are joining you out there and incredibly mm -hmm. excited. So my follow-up question is actually for Heath. I'm going to flip the question right to you. What are you most excited for? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is kind of embarrassing. So I'm just excited to get to be at this meet. Um, and so every day I go to work <laughs> in the morning, I check who has, uh, entered the meet. And when, before I leave, I also check who has entered the meet <laughs> and I have texted, um, numerous, uh, people we've had on the podcast and people we've connected with about, Hey, are, are you going, what teammates are going? And so I actually, um, I printed the list of people that are pre-qualified for the meet and I've been highlighting all the people that have given me okays. So um, what I am most excited for as a fan of diving is to have a legitimate international championship caliber meet on the East Coast that I can drive to. Mm. Uh, for me, like this, ha I, I don't know. I mean, someone's going to be able to tell me when the last time this happened was. I would think Ohio State, they had winter nationals a couple years back. Um, but I couldn't tell you the last time there's been this high caliber of a meet this close to like Pittsburgh. Like I don't even yeah. know when it would have been. So that's what I'm excited for. I think just to have diving this close, I actually literally keep telling my college athletes. I said, you guys should get an Airbnb and go to this. Like, it's going to be incredible. 
uh, I was like, you guys should. I, I joked around with some of them. I go, hey, you can go compete at the last chance qualifier. You will probably get your butts kicked. But <laughs> at least when you know if you go to D2 Nationals, no one will be that good. Um, <laughs> but I just think to see high caliber diving, and it's so close. Like, it's almost here. So uh, what about you, Aaron? Yeah, I I mimic everything you said. Um, but also, you know, I've I've gone to the Winter National Meet a couple times. Uh, we had it in Minnesota. I think a couple years back and Mike Hickson was on the deck and I just remember seeing his game face and I was explaining to my boys, you know, some people like to have fun and stay loose. Some people like to just really focus. And honestly, I'm just excited. We connected with Mike here. We're going to get a chance to help out whatever that role is. I'm excited to help, help him run the meet and then also just observe the best in the world, frankly, um, to, like you said, to have that caliber diving and to be involved, even at a really, really small level, whatever we might be doing, it's going to be really special, really fun. And I'm just looking forward to it. And thank yeah. you, Heath, for dragging me along and convincing <laughs> me to go. <laughs> but I, th I think, honestly, I think we need to thank Mike, because when I reached out to Mike a long time ago, I was like, if you need, I actually think the I think my text message said, I will pick up the trash if that's what you need. I actually think that's what I said to him. Um, and just, just the fact that Mike's been open to being like, yeah, if, if we need you, we'll use you. And I think he's coming up with some ideas for us. So just very grateful that we can help out and hopefully add value to your, your meat experience as, as spectators or for the athletes. However, Mike needs us. You'll see us running around with our heads cut off. So that way we can put fires out for him. So maybe he can enjoy it a little bit more. <laughs> You guys are awesome. <laughs> so, so now I do have to bring this up. Um, I fortunately or unfortunately, I think it was either Thursday or Friday. I saw an article that came out. I think it was from some news company in uh, West Virginia had published an online article that said WVU is one of the final two that is at bid to host the 2024 Olympic trials. So the question for you, Mike, is, were you involved in that bid? And if so, can you walk us through the process of how that even goes about happening to the extent you're able to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess I'll go back a little bit and tell you that, you know, my relationship with West Virginia, because remember, I coach at Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, my relationship with this facility really began with the hosting of the Red, White, and Blue National Meet. Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, their facility manager, Jen Lane Hart, truly one of the hardest working women I've ever met in my life, um, approached me about the Winter Nationals meet and said, hey, um, you've done such a great job here. We'd love to have you. Um, would you be willing if we get the bid to host this? And I was honored. I mean, truly speechless. Um, and then we got the bid, of course, for the Winter Nationals. Um, and then she said, hey, I have an idea. And I said, sure. And she told me about this trials bid. And um, I, again... I speechless doesn't even cut it. Um, I, I said I would be honored uh, truthfully again. So what I never realized, what the general public will probably never realize is um, to put an Olympic trial bid together involves hundreds of people. Um, there were people um, all the way up into the governor's office, all the way down to the head lifeguards and, and the management team at the facility that were a part of this bid package. And, um, you know, we met the criteria, so to speak, the facility did for um, the, I guess, the expectations of what a facility would need for the Olympic trials meet. But it goes beyond that. You can't just have a great facility. There's so much more to an Olympic trials meet, the fan experience, the the experience for the athletes, the the all the auxiliary things that, um, I mean, I could go on and on about. So yes, West Virginia University, um, the facility at Milan Park in Morgantown has been selected as a finalist to host the Olympic trials. And um, now it's up to USA Diving to take the bid package that we presented to them with the information that they gathered from a local site visit uh, to make the decision that they feel is best to put literally the most important meet of every 40-year cycle at them. Where will these athletes be the most successful and where will um, USA Diving find those athletes that are meant to represent us on the world stage? So I really hope that um, our team um, is able to um, do that for them because we believe that we can and we believe more than anything that um, what we have to offer 
the athletes and the fans um, is nothing short of incredible and a great experience. So um, that's about all I think I can say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I put follow up here. It's uh, it's more of a comment. Um, it's just something before we jump into our signature questions, one, thanks for sharing all that with us. But two, uh, I think the reason you keep getting asked to do all this stuff is because you work a lot. Like you've shared some stuff with us off air, just regarding like your, your education background, you are a worker. And I think that is something that is very evident probably to these people you're around. And it's like, we know if Mike's in charge of this, he's going to work and it's going to be awesome. So I think all of these things, while, you know, it, it definitely is an honor. You're also putting yourself in a position to be asked to do these things. And that like, I hope you understand that that's such a compliment to you and you you've earned the right to do all this stuff. So that's awesome. So congrats on all of your involvement. Well, thank you. That's seriously such a huge compliment. I can't even tell you. I still don't know if I belong in that world or not. I ask myself that all the time. Um, I, I've just always been so fortunate to surround myself with such or be surrounded by such amazing people. You know, even as a meet director, um, maybe my name's on everything, but there are so many other people involved in making yeah. everything work, facility managers and staff. I mean, it just, it really is this huge team of people. And and it's going to be very evident at this um, Winter Nationals meet, just how many people it's going to take um, to put on an event of that size and how many people were involved. And so, you know, yeah, I, I do view myself as a very hard worker and someone who stays very calm under pressure and is able to make decisions very quickly. Uh, but more than anything, I've just been lucky to be around the best people in the business. Truly. Yeah. yeah. Thing, that was a huge compliment. Well, another compliment too. I mean, we're just showering you with compliments, right? <laughs> we must, we must want to be involved over at that meet, huh? <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is it all comes back to those humble beginnings, right? You mm -hmm. didn't know diving existed beyond high school. I and you know, once you learned that you wanted more. And then once you surrounded yourself with people who wanted to teach you, you wanted to also provide more for others that were thinking the same thing. And, you know, as you continue to climb the ladder, continue to work hard, continue to just want more and want to give back to the sport. Again, the sky is honestly the limit and you'll just continue to, you know, move forward with that kind of thinking. And it's, it's awesome, man. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, yes, we will get into our signature questions now. Um, we ask everybody what their favorite failure is, and we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more of an opportunity for growth. So from that lens, what would you say is your favorite failure? Great question. So every time I listen to an episode, I ask myself this question long before I <laughs> thought I would be on the podcast and talking to you guys. And I think my answer has changed 78 times because that's how many <laughs> because um, I failed a lot in all of this. I've tried so many inventions and so many drills and so many ways of teaching skills um, that I, I have some big failures in there. Um, but I think um, one of the things that I went back to time and time again was I almost gave up. Um, I almost quit coaching halfway through. I was being pulled in so many different directions um, with what I was doing outside of just diving mm -hmm. that I almost left the sport because I didn't think I had what it took. And, um, actually the, the guy, Mark, um, Callen, who's now the Akron university coach, um, who, um, started or who took over the American flyers diving for a long time at one of the, um, qualifier meets that I hosted at BG. Um, I was explaining this to him. I was like, Hey Mark, I think I'm out. I think this is it for me. And he pulled me off to the side and sat and had a, this long conversation with me about, you know, how he hears what I do on the pool deck. He hears how I talk to my athletes and he goes, this is good stuff. He goes, you inspire me to be a better coach. And, and, you know, he told me more than anything that I need to um, understand my value and my worth, because, you know, I didn't think I was worth much as a coach. I hadn't, you know, had these huge accomplishments. And he said, if you start, um, you know, charging for your club. And if you start, you know, putting a monetary value, that's going to show people you're worth something. But if you start talking about yourself in a way, um, you know, how I see you, you're going to grow. 
-hmm. And I went away from that conversation um, for the first time, believing in myself that I could do this, that I could actually accomplish something within the sport. And so that was one of the first things that I thought about that, you know, how could I have gone that long, you know, years of thinking that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't ever able going to ever going to be able to accomplish anything when every day I show up on the pool deck preaching that these athletes can do whatever they dream of, but I wasn't, you know, embodying that. Um, and I think that was one thing that provided this huge opportunity for growth. Um, but I think another really was um, at the beginning of getting um, uh, the process, the interviewing process for Bowling Green, um, you know, because of my health issues early on. And then um, just life took over, right? I was working, I was coaching, I was doing all of these things. School was on the back burner. I was doing it, but not really very fast. I was getting my education degree at the time. And um, I just wasn't a priority of mine. Well, this, I almost, I did truthfully get passed over for this, this college coaching job because I didn't have my degree done. And um, that was a really big eye opener to me because, Hey, because I didn't make something a priority that I should have done a long time ago, I almost missed out on what I believe is one of the best opportunities of my life. And so yeah. um, that was a big opportunity for me to grow and kind of see where my priorities are, what I should really, um, you know, put first and, and, um, those, I guess, are the first two things I think of. And I probably could name about 20 others and <laughs> talk for 20 more minutes. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, we all have a laundry list of uh, of failures. But um, on to the next one here. You come from not only USA Diving World, but also the college world. So feel free to take this one wherever you would like. But mm -hmm. what I have asked here is what can USA Diving do to, do to improve? There's always room for improvement. You know, I think I'm going to say that at first I was really a pessimist over the last couple of years with what USA Diving was doing, the direction they were going. I didn't understand. I remember being so excited for the podcast with Lee because I wanted to hear more. I wanted to understand the questions you guys were asking and were answers I wanted. And it took me a while to figure out that, you know what, they have the same goal. They are trying to grow the sport of diving. They are doing everything they can. Um, to shoulder that responsibility of selecting the top athletes in our country to then represent us on the world stage. And one of the things I was really upset about was I felt like they were taking away from the grassroots, the growth of the sport, you know, charging them loads and loads of money to really just support the elite in the upper level. And I didn't quite understand why and what and how we got to this point. Um, but I really think when, when you ask, what can USA Diving do to improve? I think they're doing it. They've hired some, some new staff. They brought in some fresh ideas. Um, I think they're growing. I think they finally are understanding where some of their weaknesses are. And I think Lee, mm -hmm. uh, I'm so fortunate to get to work very closely with Olivia, um, especially with hosting this Winter Nationals meet and to hear her passion for the sport and how great she is at her job and, and, and what she's doing to improve the sport and the communication channels between um, so I believe that they're doing it. One thing that I would love to see from USA Diving, and this is just because I was a very ignorant coach for a long time, um, there's really no information out there about what the heck is Winter Nationals? Who goes to that meet? Who mm -hmm. gets to go? Um, what is a USA Regional meet? Who gets to go to that? How do you get selected to a tier one or a tier two or three team? What is that team, right? Mm -hmm. Who, how do you get to be a part of that? And so- that's just because I myself have never had never been a part of any of, you know, either of the organizations there weren't, there are not a lot of USA diving coaches in our area in Northwest Ohio. So I didn't have anybody to teach me that. I would love to see maybe some more educational material from USA diving come out about what all of those things are, because I think sometimes we take them for granted that everybody should just know what they are. And sure, mm -hmm. if you have coach who's um, really into the USA diving world, they're going to teach you that as an athlete and you're going to grow into that, into the sport. But um, there are a lot of people out there who I think um, could use that exposure and that knowledge. Yeah. I really love what you had to say there. I mean, as you were saying it, I asked myself, I don't know what a tier one, tier two, three, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know who those members are. And, you know, I, I like to think that we're somewhat connected in the diving world and, and mm -hmm. I don't even have any idea what they mean. I know it's a big deal if you get selected and it's really <laughs> cool and it's really exciting. And I'm usually very excited for whoever mentions that, but I don't know what that criteria is or how you're selected or, or, you know, that kind of thing. It'd be awesome to learn a lot more about that just so then we can pass that information on along from our platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now favorite drill to do with your athletes. Ooh, 
gosh, I can't answer this one, you know, with the same answer twice either. Um, I honestly, my favorite drill is the crazy ones that we create for the athlete that hasn't been able to get a skill, maybe at the fundamental level. Um, you know, the things that we do as coaches to be innovative and creative using all the types of equipment we have, you know, those are some of my favorites. I think though, I, I always go back to a lot of what we do, what I do at practice with the, with the college girls right now is um, we do a lot of takeoff work with dives on the end of them, standing 03, standing 01, mm-hmm. you know, standing 02s, because there's a lot to be said about the control of those mm-hmm. at the end of the board and, you know, fixing a lot of body posture positions and fixing a lot of technique and fundamentals, you know, right there at the end of the board before we add in walking steps, because, you know, you'd think adding just a couple steps on the board would <laughs> change things, but we know that it does. I love doing things off of platforms on the side of the pool, um, you know, and off of those air track mats that we talked about mm-hmm. doing rotational things down there and, and doing jumps. Um, and last but not least, I love entry drills. Um, so much of our sport is, is judged on the last, you know, second of the dive. How are you when you hit the water? What do you do underwater? And I believe that teaching more about, how to get into that correct position and what you do under the water is really, really important because that's the last and final impression you leave. Yeah, absolutely. So next best advice you've given and or received. Yeah, great. Um, my quote that a lot of my divers know that I, I say all the time, almost an annoying amount is um, a longer, longer quote from Charles Swindell called Attitude. And really, it amounts to um, talking about how you're in control. But the end of it, and this is what I try to repeat all the time, is um, that I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you that you in char- you are in charge of your own attitude. And I really, really believe that there are some things in life that you just can't control that are going to happen to you, whether it be diving related or not. And so much of whether or not we're successful, whether or not we're happy is how we choose to react to it. What do we choose to do with what is happening to us? Um, so I, I really like to live by that. I try to not preach that, but, you know, to try to help people understand that we really are in control. Um, you know, going back again, best advice I've ever received again was probably from Mark to know, know your worth, know your value. Um, I, I don't, contrary to what this podcast has done, I don't like talking about myself a lot or, or what I've done. I have a hard time with that. Um, so, you know, kind of understanding that you as a person, not just as a diver, you are as, as a person have so much value. And that value, who you are, has nothing to do with your dives. You could be the best diver on the planet, but that doesn't mean that you're a great person or a bad person. You could have a bad practice. You could have a bad dive at practice, but that doesn't make you a bad diver or a bad person. You know, going long on five dives in a row doesn't mean you're a bad diver. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess that's what I really try to instill both in the divers and something that I was given and have really been able to develop. Yeah, absolutely. So who would you like to hear us interview next? I had a couple. Um, mm-hmm. So Cliff DeVries um, with, with RIT, who yep. is, um, you know, the head of the Professional Diving Coaches Association. I think what he's doing to bring continuity in the education within our organization, regardless of who you're involved in, with AAU, USA, it doesn't matter. I think what he's trying to do there and what I'm so lucky to be a part of is just incredible. I think he could um, really be beneficial. Um, Danny Bollinger, I think I said his name right, um, from Canada, somebody I met at a diving camp that Joe Terrico and John Wingfield put on. Um, and he's one of the most incredible minds I've ever been in a room with. He knows how to um, educate. Um, he knows how to teach. And he's like the twisting God. So <laughs> I learned so much on how to teach twisters from him. I go back and watch the videos I took from that over and over again. Um, and I think it'd be cool just to have some of that international kind of exposure. Yep. Um, you guys have done an incredible job at, at hitting the greats of our sport. People like me who are growing and developing. And um, I think he would be a great resource. And yeah. then um, those were my top two that I came up with, but I've got a list of about 10 more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely hit you up for them and we'll ask for info because we will, we will reach out to them. We've been very fortunate that a lot of the previous guests have, uh, shared. I, I mean, Aaron can maybe tell me if I'm wrong, contact information for people I never thought I would have in my phone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we ask politely. And if they uh, don't answer, then we kind of get the hint and we'll ask again a couple weeks later. 
Yeah. And uh, some of them have said no, and we are super respectful of that. So yeah, we will definitely take you up on that. Um, and then I actually stole this one from Dr. Rob Bell from your guys' PDCA. I thought it was one of the coolest questions on his podcast he does is, what question are we not asking that we should be? That's a great one. Um, wow. So you guys do a great job of starting conversations, sometimes even tough ones um, within our own community. Um, and I think if we're talking about what questions are we not asking, what, what questions can you um, ask to really bring more support and unity within our sport is where are the deficiencies? Where are the things that aren't going right? And how do we fix them? You know, it's one thing to be able to complain about something, to not be happy with something, but um, there are certainly things within our sport that aren't going well, or there are people that maybe aren't as supportive as they could be organizations, et cetera. Um, and so I guess if, you know, you already do a great job of asking, you know, what can USA Diving do to improve? Well, um, I, I think not just USA Diving, but what are we doing to improve in AAU diving as a professional yeah. organization, you know, amongst coaches? Um, and why aren't we doing more? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great way to look at it. Um, you know, so before Aaron does our send off, um, we're going to start bringing this up a little earlier than in the past. Um, coaches are going to be starting to get their camp information for summer sessions, for spring sessions. Um, if you're listening and you want us to share that, reach out to us by uh, email or Instagram, and we can talk to you guys about how we're going to do that in the future. Um, but we're happy to share that information. I think, too, um, Mike, this was an awesome interview. Uh, it was super cool to finally get to connect in person or at least digitally, virtually. Um, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing awesome. No, you have two fans here and Aaron and I, and uh, we're, we're always there to help however you need whenever. And if uh, we suck at helping, you can tell us to get lost and that's okay too. Um, but, but honestly, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And uh, we're really excited to see what you do with this awesome meet in a couple of weeks. Thank you both. What you're doing for our sport's incredible. I mean, you you say you're a fan of mine. Well, I'm a fan of your guys's. <laughs> I, I always said that, hey, I think I'll make it in the sport when I get to be interviewed by these guys. <laughs> now, like there's nothing left. I don't know what to do next. So that feels so surreal. I mean, it doesn't even feel like that's a conversation that we are eligible to have, um, but it, it's always appreciated. So um, if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Again, t-shirts and hoodies are for sale at divingpod.itemorder.com. Just enter dive pod at checkout. That gets you free shipping. One last time before Mike goes, I wanted to mention the dates of winter national December 11th is the Monday last chance qualifier. And then it goes all the way till December 18th. Heath and I will both be out there helping um, excited to meet Mike in person, but yes, I just wanted to say again, thank you for joining us. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you next time.